0: We have an exciting word from the Lord this morning. I love receiving the word from Pastor Tiffany because she always brings a now word from the Lord. And I know it's fresh from the press of heaven, just like you get a news bulletin I believe God is going to give us a news bulletin from his presence through his vessel today. It will be a word that bless us. It will be a word that change us. It will be a word that challenge us. It will be a word that transform us. I'd like for you to stand and welcome Pastor Tiffany Brown. Come on, welcome her as you come. Amen.
1: a good applause for the donkey now if you would applaud the king of kings and the lord of lords the great i am the one we love the one we live for the one who is the the right hand of power and might he is great and he is good and he is worthy of our applause worthy of our attention thank you lord we glorify you this morning Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have a seat. <clears throat> well, uh, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the cat being away, but the, the cat is here today, but we're still going to play. Is that all right? <laughs> all right, good. Uh, so get your phones out. Kenny, you got me? Get your phones out. We're going to play Are You in the Family of God this morning, all right? In a moment, you'll have a QR code. So you can be able to see where we're going. If you if you're uh or you can go online. Where you at, homie? While he does that. Oh we go. All right. there you go. Answer by color.com if you can't get the QR code. Answerbycolor.com. Once you do that, I wanna see your phones. answerbycolor.com once you do that show me your phones good stuff everybody got it come on don't don't not play i'm looking at you pick up your phone play the game man come on it's fun you good all right good so um i have a few of very many actually it's about 10 questions and it, it's uh, simple things let's see where we are all right kenny you got me ready it should be just 10, 10 straight joints, all right? Number one, how much time do you spend in the same room with your family in a week? Green is for an hour a day, red is for an hour a week. Yellow, woo, I need it for vacation from these people. Blue is hardly ever. Crest the color and show me your color. And I guess it's good. Yellow, what you need? You need a vacation from these people, I feel you. I understand. <laughs> Come on, let me see your clothes, let me see your clothes, Everybody. Good stuff. Uh, green, one hour a day. That's interesting. Most people are, are greens and blues. That's interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, let's go to the next one. Thank you, sir. Uh, what's the average time a middle school child spends on their phone? Guess it. Just go ahead and guess it. Green, four hours a day. Red, no phone till you're 13. Yellow, 10 hours. Blue, 24 hours. They sleep with it. Come on, let me see. Guess, guess, guess. Blue, average time. Huh? In a day. Yes. Good. Interesting. All right, cool. Next one. How do you go about conflict resolution in your family? Uh Uh-oh. Green, y'all yell it out. Red, you give the silent treatment. Yellow, you talk to another family member about it. Number four, you find an outside mediator. (laughs) Somebody yelling they green, yell it out. I should have had another color, which is, you know, you actually do, tell us good, all right. Yeah, sometimes you just actually talk it out, huh? Yep, good stuff. Next one. What do you and your family bond the most over? Food, music, TV, or outside activities? Food, music, TV, or outside activities? A lot of people, has a whole lot of green, a whole lot of blues. Interesting, a lot of blues, mostly greens, though. It's good. Somebody else, next one. You just won $10 million. How will this affect your family? Green, you're gonna quit your job and all y'all moving to Hawaii. Red, you're gonna invest in a new family business. Yellow, you're gonna split it evenly. Blue, shh, I'm not telling them nothing. I see a whole lot of blues out there. I see a whole lot of red. blues and reds. It's good, 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 good. Next one. What do you and your family argue the most about? Cleaning, Cleaning and chores, finances, unmet expectations, or attitudes and behaviors. All of them. <laughs> Somebody slowed me the whole thing. All of them. Yellow, unmet expectation. blue. Attitudes and behaviors. Interesting. Is there another? Go ahead. All right. How often do your family do? family devotions together interesting question green all the dawn time I, have, I know a family who wakes up every morning at four o'clock in the morning and they have together they have family devotions uh red once a week yellow we text each other a verse or two during the week not blue wait are we supposed to have family devotions come on don't be shy Good, good, good. All right, next one. Next one. How does your family handle crisis? Fall apart? Trust God and pray? Go your separate ways and deal with it individually? Or do you argue? Interesting. Lots of reds. Trust God and pray. You don't talk about it. That's interesting. It's not up there. I got it. <laughs> What's next? Go ahead. For the next one. Did we finish that? Uh-huh. How many times a day do you check your phone? Green, 25. Red, 58. Yellow. I don't even know where my phone is. I don't know where it is right now. Blue. I work on my phone. you blues. That's good. Interesting. Um, Google says average person is 58. 58 times a day. Yep. But you don't even count those, do you? You don't count how many times you check your phone. Yep. So interesting. All right. Last one. If my family is in trouble. Green. I'm the first on the scene. Red. Nook if you buck. Yellow. I'm the last to know. Or blue. It depends on which family member. <laughs> I see a couple of blues. <laughs> some reds. I got some nuck if you bucks. Uh-huh, I get it. It's so funny. I wanted to see how many nuck if you bucks was in here. Anybody know what that means, nook if you buck? I know. Look, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a generational gap. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> it, it, nuck of your buck was a song. It was a hip hop song about fighting. <laughs> your knuck are your knuckles. Your buck, like this here. He's a nuck of your buck, all right? It's good stuff. Over the next few weeks, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the family. God always has family on his mind. Our attempt for Easter, I hope we did a pretty good job for Easter, was to show you the bloodline that Jesus followed from the beginning to, of course, up to Jesus. And if you look at the Bible very closely, you will see that he follows the bloodline uh, very, very closely. Esau and and Cain, they had to marry somebody. Um, If you look in Genesis you'll see how long people were alive. So you, you can, if you can count how many years Adam lived and then a couple of generations after that, you will see that some of them were alive at the same time. And so you will see that if, they, if somebody lives, you know, seven, 800 years, and maybe if you have a baby once a year, that's a lot of babies. But it also is doing exactly what the Lord told him to do, and that was replenish the earth I have a story to tell you. Uh, was when I was thinking about uh, you and what I would say to you today. Um, I usually get a little bit nervous when I don't get. Usually, sometimes I get an assignment immediately. Tiffany, you're preaching, and then an idea will pop in my head immediately. Sometimes it happens, and the idea does not pop in my head, and then I'm. Um, uh, okay, I will admit that I'm struggling over trying to get to it. You know, by the time we get here, and so uh, when I received the 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 the. the uh, the assignment. I didn't get the answer really quickly, so I decided to att- att- attack it differently this time and uh, say, you know, Lord, I'm not going to struggle over it. I'm going to say, speak to me, Lord, and I'm going to do what you say. Uh, so I woke up on Monday morning this week, and I said, Lord, I'm going to do my daily devotions. The Lord and I are having this interesting conversation. It's an ongoing thing. I'm growing even in my word, in the word of God and my understanding, and uh, that I am definitely putting to use uh, the software that I have. It's so cool to just look at uh, simple things about what Greek and Hebrew, what it uh, Words and verses mean or the context of them, uh, and, and it, it can keep me in one verse for two hours, and uh, that sounds like a lot, but, I, but I, I'm loving it. And so when I woke up um, on Monday morning, the Lord said to me, you will recover all. And I remember that that was a statement in a story. Couldn't quite remember where that story was. And then when I looked it up, I realized that it's in the same bloodline as the one that Elder Yule talked about last week. He talked about, remember who we talked about? Solomon. Tonight, today, this morning, tonight. Today I'm going to talk about Solomon's father, David. David. So I'm going to read the story. I got a little bit of a plan. We'll see if my plan works and if the Lord's going to interject. We're going to figure it out together. 1 Samuel 30, I'm going to read verse 1 through 8. I'm going to tell what's going to happen between 9 and 16. Then I'm going to read 16 through 19 so we can get through it. That good? If you did hear me, don't worry about it. We're about to do it now. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 through 8, and I'm going to jump to 16 through 19. Verse 30 says, Three days later, uh, so, in every, and whenever a sentence in the Word of God starts like that, you kind of want to go find out what the heck is going on. So, I went and I read the chapter before. When I read that chapter, uh, 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 Miss Wanda had to read like four or five chapters before to figure out what the ham fat was going on for chapter four. This down to 30. Don't worry about it. We're going to get to it. He says, three days later, when David and his men arrived at, home, at their home at Ziklag... They found that the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burnt it to the ground. They had carried off the women and the children and everyone else but without killing anyone. Verse 3, when David and his men saw the ruins and realized that, they had that uh, what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. Verse 5, David, David's two wives, Ahinoam with, from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from, from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in danger because all his men were b- very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David, somebody say, but Listen, pay attention to the butts in the Bible. I promise you, they'll, 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 they'll bless your life. But David did what? He found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar, Abia, 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 the priest, he said, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it, and then David, he asked the Lord. He didn't knock if he bucked first. He went to the Lord. He says, should I chase, this is him, David, asking the Lord, he said, should I chase after this band of raiders? While I ca- will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. And you will surely recover everything that has been taken from you. In another version, it says, you will recover all. Verse 9 through 15, let me tell you what happened. He takes 600 men. And he starts marching after those the raiders. Uh, 200 men didn't really, they were got sick. They were like, we ain't going to be able to do it. So he continued with 400 men. They ran into an Egyptian slave who was sick, had been left behind by the Amalekites because he was sick. And so um, uh, he, 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 they came up to him and, and David said, You know, do you know about these raiders? He, and he said, yes. I was the slave of the Amalekites I'm an Egyptian slave of the Amalekites they left me because I got sick I haven't eaten uh, for three days David fed him, give him drink and water, let him gain his strength and he said look, if, will you take me to them? And the Egyptian was smart he said if you don't kill me I'll tell you what you need to know that joker sang like a bird he was a snitch, he didn't care nothing about them stitches, you understand what I'm saying? and so he said oh, I'll take you straight to him so this is what this is where we find ourselves right here in verse 16 it says, "So he led them David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed. In among them and slaughtered them throughout that the whole night. They kicked tail and took names all night long and into the next day. Isn't that what the Bible says? Until the next evening. So for two days they said, Uh huh, we got you. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David. Got back everything the Amalekites had taken. And he rescued his two wives. Check this out, verse 19. Nothing was missing, small or great, son nor daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. Feels good, huh? Turn to somebody, look them square in the back of their soul Say, "You you will recover all Come on, husbands and wives I need you to look into your love's face You will recover all You will recover all Makes you think about what all is Well, I want you to think about this in in the context of families this morning. I'm going to go back over just a little bit so that you can see how this kind of works. I love how in verse 4, in verse 4 we see that David, when he came and found out that his family was taken, he and the men wept until they could weep no more. I think the Lord is testing our compassion, testing to see what is most important. He wants to know that we are emotionally and mentally connected to what the enemy is after. Because I promise you, if there's one thing that the enemy is after, he is after your family. He is after you because you are a part, a vital part of your family, and when David found that all that all had been taken, he wept until he could weep no more. I love this response because it 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 shows how uh, connected David was to his family. Uh, as many mistakes as David made, he still was very much a family man. Um, he, was, he was probably one who had a lot of challenges if you think about his life I can't do all of it justice this morning but David had an interesting family uh, when you think about how Solomon grow, grew up as the baby having known about his older brothers and how crazy they were and how one raped a sister and then the other one killed the one who raped the sister and you know somebody took the throne from David in the story a little bit it was crazy but David still was dedicated to his family from the beginning. I love this response, that they wept over their family till they could weep no more. In verse 5, it's careful to mention that David uh, was concerned about his marriage, Jez, But for our sake, his marriage. God help him. That's probably why he had autumn Trumps. Listen,
2: <laughs>
1: good luck, you know, juggling several women, uh, because we are everything God created us to be and that. And that is a lot. You understand? One is enough. To, uh, husbands. Can I, uh, can I get an amen that one and one is enough?
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Lord. David was concerned about his marriages. I think this is one of the things that God is really after or or Satan is really after. You know, this whole, even the whole gender issue um, in our culture, it is after, it is really after the family. Uh, Because the family begins with, with the father. And out of his love for his wife comes a family. And God is specific about even who that is. If you consider that God, um, don't worry, uh, he, he, did get, he did bless Ishmael. God blessed Ishmael. If you look at it, you'll find out that Ishmael had 12 sons too. All right? Let me that, say that. But when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac, he called him his only son. And the only thing in this moment that I want you to get from that is God had a particular DNA in mind. And so he has a particular DNA in mind when he's coming and thinking about you. He put it together in a specific way. And the Lord, the Lord wants us to protect our marriages. I can't stay there for too long. I got a little bit to do. Uh, But right here we see that David was concentrated. He was worried about his wives. I wonder what needs to happen between husbands and wives and their connectedness to one another. Are we just in the routine of how all that we have to do or are we sensitive to what's going on and how the enemy may be after our marriages? I love how Elder Yule talked about uh, Solomon last week when he was talking about how Solomon had a thousand wives. And how his, the, the women in Solomon's life uh, helped, uh, aided in him straying away from doing God's purpose. And I love how Elder Ewell brought out that it's important that when you're deciding who you're going to marry. You better think about somebody who's not going to take you away from what God created for you to do. It's not just about you living out your best romantic life it's not just about the experience and the wonder that it is to be in a relationship and to be loved by a man or loved by a woman it's about what God has determined as a result of that relationship and so that premarital process is very important if there's more if there's any warfare over marriages it was because of the seeds that were sown in the premarital process My father has said it many times, that divorce is sown in the premarital process. And so you better be careful about how you spend your time when you are alone. Because it's not just about you expressing that that natural part of what you want, that desire that you have. It's about what God requires out of the purpose of your life. I want to. I want to um, uncover the elephant in the room. Fix your life. Turn somebody, especially if they're single. Just point at them and say, "Fix your life right now." Might be tough. All right, fix your life. All right, (laughs) fix your life. Are you listening? Fix it. Fix it now. All right. You listening? Cannot guarantee that marriage is in God's plan for you. Now, however you receive that, if you receive that with a big shield, you just put a good condom all over your head. Right now, you just did it. I know you, saw I saw you do it. You put the condom over your head. You said, I, I reject that. Whatever, wh- however you receive that, that, that is a strong thing between you and the Lord that you're going to have to get right. It wasn't, it wasn't until I came to peace in myself between me and God. It wasn't until I told the Lord, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to give you everything with a good attitude. If you never do it, I'm going to spend my life doing what you have created and called me to do. And I'm going to play patty cake. Listen, when I got in my bed in my room, though, me and Jesus was having conversations. I want to be real with you, understand? It wasn't easy. Didn't feel that good. But thank God your obedience shouldn't have anything to do with your emotions. I wasn't going to go here today, but I, I, think, I think I just want to step in here just a little bit. I'm talking about the precious uh, plan that God put together for your life to be and do. I'm talking about what God created, the, the target for your life to hit. The question is, Will you say yes to God no matter what? And is that yes reluctant or is it full on 100%? Some of us really need to be like the Lord Jesus who said, Lord, I don't want to. Is there any other way? Jesus, can it please, Lord, find another way, Jesus. I'm going to stay in the garden until you say, find another way, Lord. You need to open your eyes after your forehead has bled and say, not my will, but yours be done. Okay. Those of you struggling with that, just a moment. Single, want to be married, really kind of not okay with being single. Stand real quick. I'm going to stand real quick if you, have the courage. if you have the courage. I get it. It's a thing to be Put on, put on blast, but I'm putting you on blast if it's, if it's a thing. You ain't all right with it, you wanna be married, but uh, you are not all right with this single thing, and you, it's, 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 it's driving you up the wall and back down the other side. I understand, I'm one of the ones I used to be, I get it. If that's, if that's you this morning, it's okay. Listen, you can't get no help if you don't say help. You understand? <laughs> it's, it's what it is, huh, what you say? Oh, so, so I, I, that's, that's what it is, that's good? All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you really quick. That, is that all right? All right, put your hands in the air. The reason why you put your hands anywhere is because that's what they tell you when you're being arrested. Yeah, huh? Put your hand in the air. Hands up, like like God is arresting you, like God is arresting that that anxiety. Allow God to arrest. That, that ticking of that darn clock in your ears, I know about it. Allow God to arrest those moments when you're alone by yourself at home. And God hasn't answered yet. That good? Like, like the Lord is going to answer your prayer. All right, you don't know what I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray over you. All right, you're arrested. Father, in the name of Jesus, allow your grace that is your empowering presence that enables us to do what you created us to do and to be who you created us to be. Let it rest on your servants as they decide to say, not my will, but yours be done. As they decide to follow you with their whole hearts, allow them, Lord, to to find the path that you have set out for them. And as they say yes to you, Give them uh, the adventure of a lifetime. Give them such joy, such satisfaction, such contentment, such grace, such success, such a meaningful life because you are involved in it. Let them be overwhelmed by your presence in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you like that, you can say amen. amen. Have a seat. You're welcome. That's all right. That's all right. Um, in verse 6. David was now in great danger because all the men were bitter and losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk about stoning him. It says, but David found strength in the Lord. David was the father in this situation and he found himself in a very serious situation. Fathers, I love this because I think you need to see this in light of your family. Are you in a serious situation? Is it bitter? Is it angry? Is it dire? Is it an emergency, Uncle Lee, that, that God talked to you about your family? He says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Here's my question. What are you doing? Are you just crying about it? Because he did cry until they couldn't cry no more. But then he strengthened himself in the lord. He didn't David was one of those jokers that he'll, he'll he'll go after you. What I found out is how he got Abigail was cuz he was on that nook if you book. He had heard her, uh, how Abigail's ex-husband dealt with him. He was he was getting ready to kill him. But Abigail stepped in and she made some things happen and she was like, "Wait a minute. Hold up, let me bring some dates and some raisins and some bread. My, don't talk to my husband. Wait a minute, Shawty. And uh, and she, he listened to her, and uh, it ended up being good for him because David was about to nuck if you buck, you understand? And so David was finding out he was, he, he, you know, he would already even I think about when I read before he was uh, uh the re, part of the reason why he was in this situation was because Saul was trying to kill him, and so he found home among the Philistines. Crazy favor on David's life that he would that he would kill the Philistines philistines and then go fight for the philistines absolutely banana story right and so while he's there he's getting ready what happened was that the three days later situation was he was getting ready to go fight with the philistines and the other philistine uh uh, uh general was, was like oh no oh no nah, we ain't gonna be able to do it you gonna tell him to go somewhere and when he went somewhere he went home and he found out that this was good this is what was happening all right and so um so David was all about the war. If you want, you know how you need those people who are always going to be on your side. Like no matter what it is, it could be something that you're going to fight that's stupid. But if you got your homegirl, and if you just say just one thing, they'd be like, say something, say something." Y'all, you, you, know, you know, David was that guy. But in this situation, he did something different. He called the priest and he said, bring me the ephah. He slowed himself down just a moment and he consulted the Lord. The ephod was uh, what they put on themselves. Back then, Jesus hadn't come yet, so they had to be dressed a particular way to, uh, to approach the Lord. And so he pulled, called the ephod and he, he consulted the Lord. I love this. That he didn't just unwisely do what he wanted to do, but he consulted the Lord, the Lord first. And then verse 8 the Lord gave him the go, go ahead and he said you will recover all when I started looking back at this and I'm almost done God have mercy <laughs> uh, but I started looking back at who the Amalekites were I found some very interesting things there um, and so these are the things that I found and I think Maybe we can arouse your uh, your righteous indignation for how God is trying to kill our families uh, Amalek was esau 's grandson, so it goes way back there. you know who Esau is Esau was jacob 's twin brother right he was he was uh isaac's twin a uh, son checking with me so they thought was really cousins that's a whole nother story check with me we saw we see the amalekites come up again when moses he's freeing the people from from egypt right and on their way you remember the battle If you don't remember, that's all right. Go find it on yourself. I think it's in Exodus 17. uh, And uh, Moses is is finding out that the Amalekites, let me tell you what the Amalekites are doing. There's millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people that are going from Egypt to the promised land. And so, what the Amalekites were doing, they were picking off the slow and the weak. If you were trekking a little bit too slow, you weren't with the pack. You weren't, you weren't with the family. You, weren't, you were a straggler, hesitant, slow to go the direction that God had told him. You can't say you ain't know which way to go because it's a big old fire in the sky at night and a cloud in the daytime. So you can't say you don't know where you're going. You just had decided to go slow. It's like one of your children who you know is in trouble. You say, Come here. And now, when you say come here, they were zoom, zoom, running. You say, Come in. The kid goes like this. And were picking them off. God tells Moses, Send Joshua to fight this fight, send the next generation. To fight this fight. The Lord said Moses stand here on this rock and hold your hands up. But as long as you got your hands up. We're going to win. The Amalekites were the ones in that battle. Check with me one more time. A little bit further. Who's next? Oh before we go there. Exodus 17 14 through 15 this is what, what God told Moses then the Lord said to Moses write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua some of the challenges with your children is because you have not told them what God will do what he's capable of, the stories. I, man, if I heard the story of Gideon one time, I'd have heard it 1,500 times. Because my daddy, before, I don't know what it was. It was just a story that was in his heart. And for some reason, for like a whole month or so, we all, we heard. And maybe he was just telling a part of it at the time. But I don't know why I remember that story, daddy. That you did this doggone story of Gideon. I promise you I have heard it so many different times. And it helps us to understand what God is and who he is and what he will do. This is what he said, recite it to Joshua. This is what you tell Joshua. I will utterly blot out the memory of uh, of Amalek Amalek, from under the sun. Moses, right here in this place, build an altar and call it the Lord is my banner. This is where we get Jehovah Nisi. That is a banner. What happens is before you ever, I don't know if you ever saw Kingdom of Heaven. And the warriors and the warriors were getting ready to come. And, and, and the, the, the leader saw one horseman with a flag. And he said, They're here. Man, I wish I'd have thought about that. Kenny, I wish I'd have thought about that. Well, it didn't come to my mind until just now. So from far off, miles away, the leader saw the one horseman with a flag or a banner. And the king said, they're here. And his father was like, that's just one lonely man. And then the camera goes from where the man saw the one man up to where the man was and behind him, there was an army that looked like ants everywhere. And they were in a circle, uh, arousing themselves to war because they knew they was about to win this war by sheer fact that there was more of them than it was that were held up in the, in the, behind the king. That's what a banner does. It's an announcement of the defeat of the enemy. And that's why Moses said, that's why the Lord said to Moses, right here, make an altar. Right here, worship me. Right here, make a sacrifice. And say, you are the Lord, my banner. That's when we say, Jehovah Nisi." Yeah, but we see the Amalekites keep coming up. And so 1 Samuel 15:8, we see that the Lord commissioned Saul to kill all the Amalekites, the king of which who was Agag. And you know what Saul does. He kills everything but the king, and all the things that he could have taken for himself to make himself rich. It was so bad that I think it was Samuel. That came and said, he man, there's a movie probably that was done in the 90s. And the way Samuel took that sword to, to uh to Agag, oh my God. The way the, the blood went on the wall. Wasn't there something about writing on the wall in that situation too? Uh uh-uh-uh. But uh, uh. the Amalekites, they keep coming up. And now we find the Amalekites here again. First Samuel 30. Picking on the people of God. Isn't that interesting? Called my homeboy yesterday. I was like, isn't there a spirit of Amalek? This is what we found. Now I'm thinking about this situation with regard to our families. Are you listening? Spirit of Amalek comes, it represents evil and destruction. Amalek means to be weary. It means he attacks when you're fatigued, when you're discouraged, and when you're defeated. That means he's sneaky and he don't play fair. He waits until you're tired, and then he attacks. If we look at the people of Israel when they were traveling from Egypt to the Promised Land, we see it's the weak and the stragglers that they attacked, trying to pick them off just a little bit at a time. The, 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 the spirit of Amalek, I'm, I, this is my interpretation, is patient, watching, waiting on you to get tired, waiting on you to just lag behind, waiting on you to get fatigued, to get weary. It's, this spirit is characterized by its hatred, excuse me, of God and his people. It seeks to destroy anything that is good and is righteous. I'm going to tell you, it's most simple if genders are just binary. Promise you, if there are three or four and options thereof, it gets a whole lot more complicated. Ooh, so did
2: in our culture
1: the enemy is not just using the secular thought to fight us. He's using our unwise interpretations of his word. He's using the spineless I have words in my mouth that I It's not wise for me to say. The the wimpy, punk-ness of believers who refuse to get all all the way on God's side. We, we we, we We don't want to piss nobody off. And what Amalek will get us to do is and what it'll do is, 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 is trying to get you to have a hernia. Because you're straddling the fence. He wants us to, to, to camouflage what is good and what is bad. Amalek is after the truth. Because if the truth exists, then God exists. A, a track I can't go down right now I promise you I will I promise you I'll do something on a different place and we'll talk about how if truth exists then God exists period and truth changes everything. What Amalek wants you to do is to believe that there's a difference oh, Jesus. he wants you to believe that, that, that your truth is what is right and not the truth who is right? Do you see that? Amalek rejoices in chaos and suffering. You know that, that feeling when the argument is over, or it's not over, Oh, it's over, but it, it's not resolved. You know that? That feeling that, that is? And it, all you need is one person to be like, I, I, I must admit, I must admit that my husband is so dope at that. His his love for peace is bigger than my ability to be right. You ain't hear me? If you're a wife, Uh uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? His love for us being unified is bigger. Not saying that he's right or I'm wrong. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying his, his conviction about who we are together is bigger than me holding on to what I was right about. He's he's the one who who will who will just just put his hand over it. That, that's why I'm telling you, he, he, <laughs> I feel that homeboy. He, he's the one that just just simply breaks the ice just by putting his hand on it. That's why I was talking about his hands last time we had that meeting the other day. That's what I'm talking about. Just put his hand and it and it just breaks everything. Amalek hates to keep that animosity between you and your husband, between you and your father, between you and your daughter, between you and your son, between you and your brother, between you and your sister. Amalek feeds off of that animosity and at th- in these moments, it's not about you being right. Don't don't it just feel like, but
2: wait a minute, I was
1: right.
4: Ah! <laughs> you did do that.
1: Couple of things that I notice right before we go into this last part, everything, every time we see Emelech, he is strategically strategically instrumental in a few things. Every time we see him, number one, he's keeping God's people from their promise, from his promises. Every time we see Emelech, he's strategically, and it's not it's not just about them getting. It was about, they were, they were headed to the promised land. And Amalek was after them. The next thing I see about Amalek every time I see him is that he pops up generationally. Yeah, yeah. From Abraham all the way. Since you came so close, you got to kiss me. I, just, I can't be too close. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Every time you every time, every time Amalek pops his head up, it's it's in another generation. I love it. I love that you would see it this way. Because here's the question: Where is Amalek Amalek in your family? Where is he popping his head up today? Amalek. Another one I see is that he's sneaky and he don't play fair. The last thing I see is Amalek always prays on the weak. He prays on those, who, on those of us who are, who, not, who are not as strong. Deuteronomy twenty-five seventeen, God talks to uh, his people about the Amalekites. Deuteronomy 25, 17 through, 17 through 19. This is what God is saying to them. He says, never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. I think this is a very key thing. You have got to stop hiding your weaknesses from your children. Because the enemy is coming for the third and fourth and fifth generation. You can't stop the visitation, but you can prepare them for the, for the visitation. You can't stop the enemy from, from visiting, but you can lock the door. And this is why God told Moses, tell the story. Say what it was. Amalek has kept you silent because of your your shame and your guilt. But your children need to hear the story. They need to know what God has freed you from. Or is it that you still need to be freed? We'll deal with that in just a moment. Verse 18, he says they attacked you when you were exhausted and weary and they struck you down when you, had a, when you were behind, straggling behind. That's what the uh, uh, New Living Translation says. You were straggling behind. I, my mama used to talk about stragglers so bad and I agree. Listen, if you're going to follow, follow close. We know when we when we consistently see you in the front. I'm gonna go on up and down. And the next couple of weeks you halfway back. And then you switch sides so nobody don't see you because that's on your side with you. And as soon as service service is over, you be dip, dip ready. Soon as service is over, you gone. Pew! Where is? And then a little bit later we see you way down in the back. And you know Uncle Herb told you to sit your butt in the, in the, up here. You see them chairs blocking the away, you're going to move it out the way because you're going to sit back in the back yourself. Next couple of weeks we don't see you, just one week gone and then after month you there. Three months later it's two weeks, oh I had to work. Boy, you lying. you lie, you telling a lie. You is a straggler. And let me tell you something. Amalek is coming for you. Amalek is coming for you. Turn to somebody with some conviction in your house. Say, follow close. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but there is a difference. Even in worship, if you're up here, it, it feels different than you're, when you're back there. Y'all wait on Christopher to tell y'all, come to the front. I'm one of the ones, let me admit, let me admit I'm one of the ones. Now listen, I don't tell my, tell my weaknesses until they are strength, you, because where you see me every week these last few weeks? Right next to my doing husband who leads the way in worship every week. He don't be stunned about y'all jokers, whether how it looks, Now listen, he claps on all the beats. And you know what I figured out? If you clap on all of them, you'll never be off. Hey, he is mine, you understand? Proud to stand right next to him because he don't give a rip about y'all. He ain't gonna be no straggler. Turn somebody who's single who wanna be married, point to him and say, don't marry no straggler. God told Moses, he said, they attack you when you're exhausted, weary, and they struck down those who were straggling behind. They had no fear of God. i tell you what the fear of God is. It's to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. But we are living in a generation who hates what God loves and loves what God hates. Verse 19, therefore, when the Lord, check this out, therefore, listen. Every time you see the word therefore, you need to go see what it's there for. It's English. Therefore, when when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies, in the land he is giving you as a special possession, I believe, That God is getting ready to give you the possession, special possession in the land that he promised you. I understand some of y'all might be feeling that, some of y'all might be, but might be not. But I promise you it's because Amalek is knocking at the door. And if you're a straggler, you better follow close. Everybody that came up to the altar was a brilliant word that Yule gave last week and I was looking at the altar so glad the Lord brought conviction more importantly that you responded to the Lord now we need to see you at 8.15 on Sunday morning if you're not going to be no straggler that's where, that's where we get it done we are just like Jesus who preached the stories to the multitudes oh but in the back room we explain the stories you understand God is getting ready to take us into the promised land. We're on the cusp of it. Just like he told Joshua, we ain't been this way before. We ain't been this way before. Oh, but we going. He will do what he said he's going to do. And he told told, Moses, he said, uh, uh, the Lord your God has given you rest. When he has given you rest among all your enemies in the land, he is giving you, he is giving you, he is giving you, he is giving you, is giving you a special possession. Daddy, it says a special possession. It ain't no regular possession, it ain't no, it ain't no regular inheritance. Some of us are really living beneath what God intended for us to live, live in. He promised us a land that that was special, a land where all of our needs, all of our needs are met. If we're still worried about our needs, we're not in the game. But God wants to give us more than enough so that when the world looks inside of our hearts and in our lives and at our job and at our clothes and at our families and at our cars and all that we possess, they say, oh, who are you? Didn't you just get here? You promoted over me? What? He said, You must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. And then he says, Never forget this. So many things within the family that we could deal with. We're going to deal with some of them, hopefully as many as you have on your heart in these next few weeks. But three of them I'd like to deal with today. Is that all right? Is that okay? Because I'm done, all right? Jesus. All right, number one, identity. The family begins with who you are and the enemy is after your identity. If you identify as your name, that is weak in the face of the enemy, I'm sorry. If you identify as your ethnic group, it is weak in the face of the enemy. In fact, if you identify as America wants you to, as as whatever, Uh, uh, ethnic group you hold yourself to I promise you it is a lie that the enemy is trying to sell you and I promise you you start off at the bottom of the totem pole if you identify as your race first here's the problem we don't have a skin problem we have a sin problem if you can get in touch with who you are, who God says you are, who you belong to, what he's created for you to accomplish, oh, you become very dangerous. And Emelech can't get you. Number two, marriages. It is the solution to many societal ills. It, it fixes the problem. Godly biblical marriage, let me be clear. Godly biblical marriage fixes many societal ills. Everything changes when a husband and a wife refuses to do things the way this culture wants us to. When they allow divorces to be uh, granted at irreconcilable differences, we lost the next generation right there. Somebody said the reason why divorces are declining is because less people are getting married. Three, what the enemy is after is the next generation. He is after the next generation. Because if if he can confuse them as to who they are and their identity, then what's to happen when you aren't there? The brilliance of God calling children arrows is they must go where the sender will not be able to go. And our ability, our commitment to God to raise arrows that will hit the target for which they were created is more important today than it ever has been. And it's important. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to pray. And uh, I'm actually going to get some help. Is that okay? Um, And so I I didn't get a chance to talk to you, so forgive me. A couple of you I did, some of you I did, all right? All right. Just say, okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Lonel, if you will, help me. Elder Yule, if you will, help me. Uh, Chris and Toya, if you will, please help me. So those of us who Amalek has been after us, be it marriage, sorry, be it personally in our identity. Uh, which is the one, Elder Yule, that I'm asking you uh, to pray about. And rebuking the spirit of Amalek that has caused us to be confused. That is after our identity. It's not just about gender. That's, that's not all identity is, right? It's about who God says we are. And when I, when I talked about I- identity, I was thinking about individuals who aren't quite married yet. So I'm talking to everybody. You understand? And so I think it's important. All right? The next one is about our marriages. Super important, sir, if you will do that. And then um, the last thing, uh, turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children first. And then the hearts of the children back to their fathers. That good? <laughs> yes, that's what you that's what you, 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 gonna, you praying for. All right? Children to turn their hearts back. Yep, so together y'all gonna do the switch in the the back part. We good? Man, she she speaks Tiffany. That's so awesome. I love it. All right. Those of you who need to do what the Lord said, and that is wipe Amalek out from under the face of the heavens. That's what he told Moses. He didn't say that he would do it. He said that we had to do it. And one of the ways that we do that is through prayer and through worship and through our belief about who God is. Is that all right? And so we're getting ready to pray. All right. So if you are, uh, I think we should go. Yes. Let's do identity first. If you are, you know what, this identity thing could be in your, while you're married, right? It should be that thing. But if you, know, if you are single, that's right. They'll do it that way. It's a good deal. If you are single, unmarried, want to be married or not, I don't care. But if you are single, do me a favor, stand, stand, stand. Ooh, stand, stand, stand. Very good. And then those of you who identity has been something that not, if you're not married uh, and, and God has been dealing with you about who you are, you can stand as well because we're getting ready to pray for you. Is that all right? Is that good? Hello? Yes. It's so Solomon here. Should I do something else? Yes. No, don't worry, I'm not. <laughs> Singing something. If I had a song in my heart, I would. All right, that good, sir? Yes. All right.
0: We're looking at a part of the army that the enemy has been trying to, to literally uh, block out. You are the fifth column in God's army right now. Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. And Father, for those who are struggling regarding their identity as a single person, Lord, the issue is not being single, but being whole. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus, That each person standing, Lord, that they will come into a greater understanding of their status in you, Lord. That they are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. That they are new creations in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, that they are the apple of your eye. That they are the offspring of God. And this is not based upon their works. This is based upon their birth. And Father, we declare today that the scales come off of their eyes, that they might begin to see exactly who they are, that they might begin to see what you have inscribed in their spiritual genes, Lord, that they might begin to see the gifts and callings that you placed inside of them, that they might begin to see themselves mobilized on all of the seven mountains, Lord, that they might begin to see that this is a season that you desire to cause your favor to come upon them as they see who they are in you Lord that you will cause Lord a brighter day for them to walk in and that even the children Lord that they have in their own homes will begin to be healed from generational issues father Lord we thank you in Jesus name Lord that you're removing you're removing Lord the blemishes you're removing Lord the scales from their eyes and father we thank you that the spirit of rejection which is one of the arsenal instruments of Amalek Lord is being defeated now in their lives that the fear of rejection Lord rejection of self and rejection of others Lord we bind and break off of them now in the name of Jesus and we declare Lord that even as they begin to accept who they are inside of you Lord let them emerge and become what they were meant to be in you in Jesus name amen. Don't play patty cake.
1: You can do better than that. The next thing we're going to do is is pray for marriages. So those of you who are married, you are married. Go ahead and stand if you would. Um, Your marriage is a weapon in the hand of the Lord.
4: Lord, we we thank you today, Father, for this message. That you're giving to us. God we're grateful. That you are revealing to us. Your ways. Lord I pray for marriages today. Lord I thank you father for. Any hindrances oh father. That have been between us. That stop us from seeing who. We are to your kingdom. Lord I thank you father for. Communication lines being open. Between marriages even now as we pray. And Lord that. The, the things that have kept us, O oh Father, from coming into agreement and from being who we are called to be for our families and for our communities, Lord, that you reveal to us even today. I thank you, Lord, for multiplying our numbers, O oh God, and causing us to be the mighty army that changes culture, changes community, and changes the marketplace. Lord, I thank you for the revelation of this unfolding even more in days to come. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for us making a decision today. We declare, O oh Lord, that we are your army, that we are the couples that you've called us to, to represent your kingdom on the earth. And it's in Jesus' name as we join together in agreement, Lord, we go forth in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Making the changes that are necessary for our culture, we bless you for it. Amen.
1: Love that. Um, One of the things that Frederick and I learned when we were uh, in in counseling is we um, um, they they, uh, Pastor Todd taught us to never compromise, but to always fight to agree. Because when you compromise, somebody gets. The short end of that stick. But when you fight to agree, you both win. So I just want to admonish you about that. All right. Please, if you would, uh, Christopher and
5: Those of you who have children, can you please stand? One of the things that the enemy uh, tries to fight is the voice of the father penetrating the heart of the child. That's where identity is established. That's where um, the sensitivity to God's voice is learned through the heart of the father. And that's where the demonstration is, dip, that's, is shown to the child. Um, how to relate to God through the relationship uh, with the father to the children. And so the enemy uses society to, to warp that picture and to twist and pervert that picture. And today we're going to come against that. And, and there's going to be a divine reversal because of what God is divine reversal, because of what God is restoring at this time. So, Father, we lift every father right now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for turning the heart of the father to the children. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for every child that's been astray, that's been uh, bombarded with... uh, Images and things from, from peers, that people, people that spoke negative things into uh, their ears. We come against it in Jesus' name. We come against every device of the enemy that would try to bring a hard heart of a father to a child. I hear the father saying, well, you're just going to have to learn your, your own way. You're just going to have to get your head knocked and let life teach you some hard lessons. Father, I come against that hard heart. I thank you, Lord God, for reversing a heart of of hardness into a heart of stone. Father, thank you for your love that never fails, that would be restored in the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord God, for giving the Father the courage to reach out to the child. To intercede, to take his rightful place in intercession in the home as the priest of the household. And to begin to declare over the child that your life belongs to God in Jesus name. I thank you for a divine reversal in Jesus' name. Every negative image that the child has experienced through song, through word, through poem, through, through, through internet, through visions, I come against it in Jesus' name. Every warped perception of who they are, their identity, confusion about who they are, I break it by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for your love that's restored in the heart of the child. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that they would not be lost because of the the cries of the father over their children. I thank you, Lord Jesus, today for doing it, God. Would you do it in my home, God? Would you do it in me, God? Thank you, Lord God, today that this would be different, Lord God, in every home, God. Give them the courage, Lord God, to face it. To face the things that they said, Lord God, that just wasn't right. And to go and apologize. I thank you for critical conversations today. In Jesus' name, we praise you for it.
2: everybody in here is a child so I feel like we all should stand not whether you have children but that you somebody baby you somebody's child and I imagine that the first thing that came to my mind when you said what i had to pray for was i can remember my dad was not physically present in my life for a little while because he was in prison but even with all the mistakes that i had heard that he made when i went to visit my daddy in prison i was when that my daddy came around that corner i took off and i jumped into his arms it didn't matter what he had done before It didn't matter how he had cursed my sisters or my mama or any of those things. And just like Chris said, but my daddy had to get his heart right. And in return, we have as children to get our hearts back right. So God, I lift up your children to you right now. Lord, we thank you that disappointment is not our portion. Oh God, we thank you that we don't have to rest in rejection but, God, that we can be resurrected, O oh God, in your peace and your joy. Lord, help our hearts to be moldable. Lord, remove all the residue of hurt and disappointment and harm that we have spoken over ourselves, over our parents, oh God, the things that have been spoken over us. God, we release those things today. Give us the freedom that you said we would find in you and you alone Lord, I thank you that our hearts would turn back, oh God, that they would turn away from the anger and the pride and the things that we've been holding on to and that we would see our fathers, oh God, as who you created them to be. Give us your eyes, oh God. Give us your spirit, oh God, that we would release them and give them full power to speak over us, oh God. We receive the words from our father, oh God. Turn the hearts of the children, O God, to their fathers, to their mothers, O God, to those in authority, Lord, that we don't reject authority, O God, but that we welcome it, O God, knowing that you discipline those who you love. Lord, help us to hear what our parents are really saying. Hear what you are saying, O God. Let us fall under the conviction, O God, when we are not doing right, that we would rearrange ourselves, O God, and give us peace, O God. Give us the freedom to love them again. The same way, oh God, that I would run to my father, oh God, we run to our fathers, to our mothers, to you oh father. We know that we have had disappointing things to happen in our lives, oh God. We've had loss. Lord God, we understand now that the Amalekites have been on our tail, but God, we will not straggle. We will not fall behind. We will find our strength in you, oh God. We will look to the hills, oh God, and we will come to you, oh God. We thank you that you would be waiting. We thank you that your heart would forgive us for the things that we have spoken we have spoken some things we have thought some things we have vowed some things oh God and we curse them all to the pits of hell if they have been against your word God I lift you up knowing oh God that you can do it if we allow ourselves to be arrested in your presence Lord I thank you that there will be none that will be left behind I find that some of you have been struggling to tell your parents that you love them. Look to them and say it with all full out conviction that you love them. You will be no, it will be no you without them, regardless of their past, regardless of the things that they've said, regardless of the authority that they, uh, the negative authority that they've spoken over you. God, we give our hearts to you knowing that we will recover all things including the joy that we had when we loved our parents free. So, Lord, we thank you right now. We bless your name knowing that you are a good, good father. And we only give you the good, good glory that you deserve in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Tim.
3: Pisto dorare a minde alle tipco stamba heis dal istanno di gale un do not be surprised if the world hates you Do not be surprised if those in your own family hate you. For I came to set a father against his brother and a daughter against her mother. Yet it must not, yet it need not remain this way, says the Lord. For I have placed you in this family You may go and pray for them. I will open opportunities for you to speak to them. And I will surely bring about the defeat of Amalek and all your enemies, says the Lord.